You're listening to Weekend Edition on Michigan Radio. Given that we can be overwhelmed and underwhelmed, it is completely reasonable to ask what it means to just be whelmed. That's what they say. Good morning. I'm Rebecca Kruth, and joining us now is University of Michigan English professor Anne Curzan. Hello, Anne. Good morning. And this question about overwhelmed and whelmed. This is a question that people have asked me quite a few times in passing, and I'm so glad that you are addressing it. It came up just a few weeks ago with a good friend of mine over dinner, and then I was telling someone else, and they said, oh, 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 that question comes up in the movie 10 Things I Hate About You, which is exactly right. In that movie, the character Chastity says, I know you can be underwhelmed and you can be overwhelmed, but can you ever just be like whelmed? And what's great is that her friend Bianca, who's walking next to her, says, I think you can in Europe. (laughs) That's great. I love that movie. (laughs) Now, I'm here to say that you can be whelmed and not just in Europe. (laughs) So here's the story. Whelmed first shows up in the English language, according to the Oxford English Dictionary, as a verb in the 1300s. And it first means to capsize. So, for example, a ship could whelm. After that, you start to see whelm taking objects, and it can mean, for example, to turn something over on top of something else. And there's this great quote from 1530 where the instructions are, whelm a platter upon it to save it from flies. And if that doesn't make total sense, just imagine a platter of food and there are flies buzzing around. And so you take an empty plate and you whelm it on top. You turn it over and put it on top of the food. Okay, I'm with you. Great. So from there, whelm takes on meanings such as to throw something over something else to crush it. And then we get to cover completely with water or submerge or to bury under a load of earth. You can feel these meanings getting stronger and stronger. Right. (laughs) And then you will see whelm used more figuratively for something that bears down on something else like a flood. And here's a quote from 1791, sorrow whelmed his soul. Now, Rebecca, when I say that sorrow whelmed his soul, Do you feel like you could use overwhelmed there too? I would say so. Sorrow kind of took over his soul. So that's got me thinking, is overwhelm redundant? To a large extent, yes. We see overwhelm show up in the 1400s, and it means to overturn or turn upside down, which will sound exactly like whelm. And then it picks up these stronger meanings, exactly like whelm, to bring to ruin, to crush to bury under earth or water, to defeat utterly. And we still see that today where an army can overwhelm another army or a sports team can overwhelm another sports team. We also get the more figurative meanings where one can be overwhelmed with work or for example, overwhelmed with emotions. What's interesting to me is that since the mid 1800s, when you look at overwhelm versus overwhelmed versus overwhelming, overwhelming is the most common of those. Does that surprise you, Rebecca? No, I was trying to think about how I use it most often and all the examples I could think of involved overwhelming. And then can you use the verb underwhelm? I can. I really like underwhelm. I think it's a great verb. I do too. It's playful. (laughs) And it's relatively new. From what we can tell, it goes back to the mid 20th century to mean to fail to impress. 
people ask who first made underwhelm as a verb and we don't know odds are that a lot of people started using it and it left me thinking about a verb like impress because underwhelm is to fail to impress and we can over impress which would be to try to impress someone excessively i think about instructions like don't try to over impress them with fancy language over impresses in standard dictionaries under impress is not yet but i can imagine an instance where i would use under impress let's imagine a recruited athlete comes and performs in front of the coach and the coach says i was under impressed not that they were unimpressed but just under impressed those expectations were not being met. Well, Anne, thank you so much. You make language mysteries so much less whelming. <laughs> so glad that that is the case. I hope you have a great rest of your Sunday. Anne Curzan is a professor of English at the University of Michigan. We look at the evolution of language every Sunday here on Weekend Edition. If you can't always catch us on Sunday, you can subscribe to the show wherever you listen to your podcasts. And if you have a question about our ever-changing language, email us at language at michiganradio.org.